This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I am so excited to be talking with my guest today. We spent a half an hour getting to know each other before the program, and I really should have been recording that because it was such great content. But please join me in welcoming Noah Ravoy to our program today. Welcome, Noah. How are you doing today? Thank you, Deb. I really appreciate you having me on your show. We're going to have a great time, as I said, but let me do the quick introduction and bio, and we will go from there. So Noah is a relationship expert that helps his clients to build high trust families and organizations that prosper using techniques that have been developed over more than two decades, working with a diverse group of people and organizations. So again, Noah, welcome. Yeah, thank you. This is this is fantastic. We really got on well in that first half hour. We did. Uh, we some did. Absolute gold. I'm I'm really excited about the energy that we have in this conversation. And we are going to have so much fun because this is is it's such an important topic, and I think it's something that everybody really is going to to get a lot out of. But before we dive into it, I always like to hear from my guests how they got to where they are today. Um, which, aside from anything else, is in Portugal. I'm not sure I've ever had a guest in Portugal. So welcome from you know, across the, the big pond. Um, and But tell us a little bit about how it is that you got to where you are today and how you discovered that this is your passion in life. Well, when I was a young man, um, my family, I mean, my extended family, everything, they decided that my career should be as a minister. And when I say young, I mean, I was about two. Okay. And so I started receiving training, speech training, um, training on how to talk to people, how mm-hmm. to reason with people, uh, aside from the theological point. Mm-hmm. Um, most of the training was really how to interact with all sorts of people, mm-hmm. how to have empathy for them, how to really care about the people you're talking to, and how to build trust with them. And that stuck with me through everything I did the rest of my life. I was a minister for a number of years. Mm -hmm. And then in my early 20s, I decided that, you know, I wanted to get married and have kids. Mm -hmm. And that was not a career that offered that potential. It just Mm -hmm. didn't have the income potential for Mm -hmm. it. And so I decided to do other things. And shortly after I, I had started a business, I came to Portugal and I met what became my wife eventually. And so we ended up living here and I ended up working with quite a few different businesses and companies that were here, helping them to modernize. Because at that time, we were switching over to the euro. And along with that came a whole bunch of changes to the landscape of business in Europe. Mm. And it was very difficult for the established companies, especially the small and medium companies, Mm -hmm. to adapt to that change. Suddenly, they were competing with everyone in Europe. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so they had to not... It wasn't just a competition on price. They had to compete on customer service. Right. They had to compete on how it was to buy from them. What is the process to buy from them? How easy is it? And on their relationship building skills. And so I really helped a lot of these companies mm-hmm. to survive that. 
and to grow. And many of the ones, you know, I remember one company that I helped, half of their accounts were overdue, some 120 days. And it's this very Southern European, relaxed, they'll pay eventually mentality. I can't pay my bills, but. (laughs) Yes. And I said, you, you know, you're not a bank. You can't lend them money and help them to not just change. See, it's a matter of changing the relationship Mm -hmm. because the relationship they had said is it's okay to pay us this late. Right. They had allowed it to happen. Mm -hmm. And so then their clients figured this is how we operate with Mm -hmm. them. And and we're not doing anything we shouldn't do because they are letting us do this. Mm -hmm. So I helped them to fix those relationships to draw um, better boundaries. And interestingly enough, by having better boundaries, their clients took them more seriously. Right. And they did better business with them. And the only clients they lost were the ones who were unprofitable mm-hmm. because they weren't paying at all. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and so it actually turned out so much better for these companies and so much simpler mm-hmm. that you know many of them were able to grow. Some of them were able to reduce office staff while increasing invoices because mm-hmm. they didn't have to chase people over mm-hmm. and over again to get mm-hmm. paid. And so there was a lot of a lot of these benefits. And this was during my initial um, adjustment to living in Portugal. Mm-hmm. My uh, my wife got pregnant, and I decided I needed to have a job where I could work from home, mm-hmm. where I could work with um, helping people. And I and I noticed that a lot of what I was doing in business consulting was relationship based. Mm-hmm. What is your relationship to your own company? So mm-hmm. sometimes people. They're too emotionally attached to, to their business. Okay. And this makes it very difficult for them to make tough business decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, what is your relationship with your, your clients, your employees, your suppliers? Mm-hmm. And I realized so much was about relationships. And very often, about half of the businesses that had problems had nothing to do with the business. Mm-hmm. It had to do with the fact that there were internal relationship issues mm-hmm. with people that needed to cooperate for the health of the business, but they were having difficulty doing so. Okay. Um, a lot of lot of family owned businesses. Mm-hmm. There is a interesting family dynamic there that makes it difficult for them to be efficient mm-hmm. and to work work um, you know and to work in a way that com- they can compete with larger companies. Mm-hmm. And I ended up bit by bit switching more into the relationships, you know, and helping a client with his business. But actually, I need marital help. Okay, I'm going to help mm-hmm. you with that. Right. And helping them. But I, I need help with my kids who also work with me. How do I interact? I've I've been too mean to them. How do I fix this? Mm-hmm. You know, how, how do I re- reestablish that? How do I reconnect? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how do I reconnect with my kids on something that's not business? Mm-hmm. You know, all we talk about is business. How do I have a, a family again instead of uh, employees that are related to me? Mm-hmm. You know, and so I bit by bit, I switched over more and more into relationships. And I realized, especially having my own children, that it's very important um, to me to ha- live in a society where people have healthy relationships, because that's the only way that my children will end up in a healthy society. Mm-hmm. Because it really, that when we say a healthy society, what we mean is a society where people have trust in each other, mm-hmm. where there is uh, a set of boundaries and rules of how we work together so that we're able to cooperate. Right. And that was really what I became very passionate about. And it was very successful financially as well. Mm-hmm. And so I just was drawn more into that. And that's mm-hmm. what I do for, I would say about 80% of my clients now are relationship clients and about 20% are business clients. Mm-hmm. And we're actually now with, I've, I wrote a bit, book recently and we're working on training for companies mm-hmm. to help them be able to teach their employees how to get along. Right. Right. It's gotten so bad that people don't even know how to get along with each other anymore. You you told a great story earlier about some students that came to an event that you had mm-hmm. and how they were so socially skilled they were going up. Oh, shaking they hands. were fabulous! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that and and you you were like you were surprised, right? Mm-hmm. Because that is not common amongst young people now. They yeah, have for a teenager to, to walk up and introduce themselves to me. I was like, holy yeah. schmoly! Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so we need to we. If we are hiring people, I would say um, millennial down mm-hmm. in our companies, we are going to benefit by providing them with some training on how to socialize properly, right. how to get along with each other, and how to resolve their conflicts without having to go to a manager mm-hmm. every single time. Right? You know, mm-hmm. They can if they can resolve them themselves, then your burden of management mm-hmm. can drop a lot, which means you right. can manage more people or be mm-hmm. more efficient. 
Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and what so many people, you know, we see this, but they don't understand it, is we kind of have our family families and our work families. Um, you know, and, and, and there is all of those dynamics. And the thing that, and, you know, you, you touched on this, they're not separate entities. You know, when that door closes, we're not stopping thinking about one or the other. You know, you had a white, a, a fight with your spouse. You might be grumpy at work. You know, you had a really good day at work. You're going to go home and have a good time with your kids. You know, all of these various things. And I always laugh when people talk about um, work-life balance. Hmm. There's no such thing. Because for one thing, balance would be 50-50. And uh, nobody does 50-50. You know, if you if you throw out the, the sleep period, we still aren't doing 50-50. You know, and, and so it's it's how do we combine those things? And how really do we understand that they all are tied together, especially from an emotional aspect? Yes, if you're going, you know, what happens at home gets taken to the office, what happens in the office gets taken home, as you mentioned, and especially so if you have a family business, it's it's inescapable. And the general effort is for people has been to separate the two, mm-hmm. make them completely separate realms. Right. Mm-hmm. And that that doesn't really work. What we have to do instead is be integrated. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this a lot in psychology about integrating the parts of your personality that are um, conflicting with each other, you know, perhaps your desire to relax, but also your desire to be conscientious and hardworking. Right. Well, mm-hmm. you have to integrate the two because mm-hmm. both of those things are healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same with integrating those two families, those two mm-hmm. environments. And it, it, this isn't something that we even thought about 150 years ago. Right. I mean, take we have take your kid to work day. It used to mm-hmm. be take your kid to work every day. Mm-hmm. And then right. he gets to go to school during two months of the year. That's mm-hmm. how long school used to be, two months of the year. Mm-hmm. Kids would go to school and the rest they had of the to time, work the rest of the time in the field, yeah. all those various things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go with dad, plow the field, mm-hmm. shoe the horses, mm-hmm. um, you know, build the barn, whatever it was that dad was doing, the boys would do it. Mm-hmm. Whatever mom was doing, the girls would do it. Yeah. And they were canning, they were, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, most dairy um was run, mostly the dairy was run by the mother. She made right. the milk, mm-hmm. she made the cheese, she made mm-hmm. the women made all kinds of clothes, yep. which they not just for the mm-hmm. family, but they sold them as well. Mm-hmm. Home industries for women was huge. That was the number one right. employer mm-hmm. of women throughout all of human history, mm-hmm. except the last few years. Mm-hmm. The thing that that meant was that we didn't have this idea about a work-life balance. I, I spent 10 quality hours with my kids today and I plowed a field, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because right. you, you're walking along and you're talking to your kids mm-hmm. and you're mm-hmm. interacting with them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this depends, of course, on the quality of parenting, mm-hmm. but we spent way more time integrated with our family right now i chose on purpose a career where um you know i can't have my son in when i'm doing client sessions but i can explain to him what i do i can i've Mm -hmm. showed him he was asking about two months ago how is it that the flow of money works in your company wow and he wanted you said he's about nine yeah yeah he's about nine and he says how is it that how do they pay you Mm mm-hmm what are the fees? How does it go around? Like, I don't tell him there's fees when you get paid, you know, from, mm-hmm. from credit cards or PayPal's right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he somehow he guessed there has to be a fee mm-hmm. because you're using a service. There's got to be a mm-hmm. cost. Right. Yeah. And the how does that all charges work? You. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do you know how much to charge per hour? And how do you know this? And, you know, these were really good questions. Mm-hmm. And I asked him who, right. who gave Where, me the idea. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. He says, they just seem like the logical questions to ask. That seems reasonable to ask. I, I And so he wants to see where is our money. And I show him the different places. We have savings. We have money in the business account. We have money. I show him all the accounts. And he says to me, so that's just digital money, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I said, yeah. He says, so it's just ones and zeros, right? He says, yes. Mm-hmm. And he says, okay. He says, that's not real money. <laughs> he says, we need some real money, silver, gold, land. Mm-hmm. farm he says we need to start and he's telling me we need to move some money from this investment over to this one because Holy this cow. is going to be more stable <laughs> i'm like how and and it was good advice mm-hmm. right he, and he, uh, he he's clearly me, been thinking about this mm-hmm. he asked me how much money i i make per hour mm-hmm. and then he tells me so you make about almost immediately he says you make about x per year mm-hmm. he did the math instantly in his head and he was pretty close mm-hmm. i said roughly that yes he says okay so he says you're never going to make a million dollars by selling your time. Mm-hmm. I said, you're correct. 
Mm-hmm. He says, okay, so we got to get a product for you to sell. <laughs> Something that you can sell that's mm-hmm. independent of your time. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe he's picked this up by just overhearing me and, mm-hmm. and overhearing my conversations right. with my friends who are entrepreneurs, because almost every friend I have is an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. My wife was raised as an entrepreneur. Her family runs a business and everyone on that side of the family is entrepreneurial or has worked in the family mm-hmm. business. So maybe he he just picked this up by osmosis. But these are things that he wouldn't get if I tried to make this sterile separation between family right. mm-hmm. and business. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think it's healthy to do that. And our children miss out on so much. Right. Yeah. It was, it was interesting here during the pandemic, you know, when, when kids for at least a semester, sometimes two were, fo- were forced to homeschool. Now, obviously, there were lots of challenges with that, um, you know, not the least of which was, you know, technology. I think that was probably one. And, and, and I think socialization is a very important thing. You know, sports, music, seeing the kids at recess, all of those things. But when the parents were having to work and teach and do all of that, you know, initially it was like, oh, my God, what do we do? And then so many of the people that I talked to liked it. Now, you know, there were a lot of the kids, and, and it was funny that many of the, the people said either their children excelled or they they really struggled. And there were, you know, a variety of reasons for that. But you could tell that the ones that were excelling, probably they were the more gifted kids anyway. So working on their own independently, that was not a, a big deal. And, you know, they probably liked not having the distractions and, and things of classes. But you know, and, and the kids that needed extra help weren't able to get that extra help. And so that was was one of the tragedies. But yeah, the, you know, the, the people and, and, you know, we were talking before the program, too, about how, you know, we're on Zoom now so many times and our families wander in and out. And, you know, when we first started this, we were like, oh, no, oh, that's so unprofessional. Ooh, ah. And now we're like, OK, bring them on. Let them introduce themselves, you know, because it, it's just we've we've as as a society, we finally realized, oh, my gosh, people have a home life, you know, and and, and gosh, darn, it's pretty interesting, um, you know, and and so and, you know, even just the backgrounds that we have, you know, in in our Zoom things, you know, people originally were like, OK, well, we've got the dirty laundry back there. Well, that really wasn't professional. But then we started then it got real sterile. Right. Then we started bringing back in the books, the pictures, all of those things that you might have in a cubicle, you know, or your office if you were with other people. And and again, people were realizing you have to have this combination of things in order for someone to be healthy and for them to prosper. Since about the 1960s, 70s, um, we have been aligning away from a friendly, family-friendly culture in the West towards a extremely materialistic, mm-hmm. uh, superficial consumerist right. culture. Mm-hmm. And as we've done that, we've almost gotten to a point where it's like, ew, humans come from children. Yeah. You know, oh, adults yeah. come from mm-hmm. children, you mm-hmm. know, and it's it's worse than it's worse than the pre-war mm-hmm. children should be uh, see, um, seen but not heard mentality. Right. Now mm-hmm. they shouldn't even be seen. Mm-hmm. They should they just shouldn't exist. We should, adults should pop fresh up out of colleges mm-hmm. as if they came from and nothing. know exactly what they're going to do. All of those various exactly mm-hmm. exactly and be willing to do it for cheap because mm-hmm. you know we need cheap labor. Mm-hmm. And I think what what um, the last few years have done is they have forced us to reintegrate with our family mm-hmm. and to create to we've been forced uh, the corporations have been forced to be more family friendly mm-hmm. and right. they they don't they never want that and i i've heard high level discussions um if this part of the reason i w- wrote a book on manipulation mm-hmm. was because i've heard what people who are running these companies think mm-hmm. and it you as an employee are often viewed and as small businesses are often viewed this way too mm-hmm. you're a resource to be exploited mm-hmm. and they will tell they will tell you whatever they have to tell you to get what they want out of you because they feel that you're powerless mm-hmm. and you can't go people, anywhere else and many people they have manipulated themselves and that's where all manipulation starts we right. we, we manipulate ourselves first mm-hmm. to believe that if they don't go to work for that company, they're not going to eat. Mm-hmm. It's a li- they, they believe it's life and death almost. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I've had a number of clients, um, ladies who were on the edge of burning out, and I said to them, what would happen if you quit your job, looked after your half dozen children, mm-hmm. and and said to your husband, I'm so sorry, but I just can't work anymore. I'm burned out being a mother and, and a wife mm-hmm. and, um, uh, and, and a corporate slave. Right. Mm-hmm. I can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, what if you just quit? What would happen? Mm-hmm. And the fear that they have is enormous. But when they mm-hmm. think about the consequences, it's very little. Right. Yes, it's a reduction in how much money they can spend. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's it, vacations will be domestic instead of foreign. Mm-hmm. Uh, car will not be renewed at the end of the four mm-hmm. years. You'll have to keep it an extra four years. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world, but for their health, it's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yes. And corporations. Their mental and their physical health. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But companies hate that mm-hmm. because women are some of the m- most productive of employees mm-hmm. because they don't say no. They're they women in general want to please they want to make right. people we want to please i mean that's in yes. our nurturing nature exactly mm-hmm. and that's healthy and that's a good thing and i don't want to ever discourage that mm-hmm. the problem is is that your employer notices that and he says ah some there's a lever mm-hmm. that allows me to manipulate you mm-hmm. right you know for men they do it differently mm-hmm. for men it's about status it's uh-huh. about yeah. payment it's mm-hmm. about I, I am the Lord of what I have done. Yes. And, you can you know, go buy the, the Porsche now, you yeah. know, all of those things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We're manipulated in a different way, but we're still being manipulated. And so for women to realize that for them to get to a point where they're immune to that corporate ma- manipulation, and that happens often on maternity leave, they're away from the manipulation mm-hmm. long enough to break right. the spell. It's mm-hmm. like a magic And, spell and same break. thing with COVID during the pandemic, people went, exactly. huh. I don't have to go back to work. <laughs> yep. Well, and, and if you saw some of the articles that were in some of the business magazines about uh, record numbers of women have decided to stay home mm-hmm. after COVID and right. how this is bad for the bottom line mm-hmm. in corporate America. Mm-hmm. And it's like, screw the bottom line. These women need to look after their health. They right. need to take care mm-hmm. of themselves. They need mm-hmm. to take care of their children. Right. That's what matters. Mm-hmm. It's quality well, of life over riches. Right. And in the business Pers- you know, business side of things, we need those women in in those because they do bring different skill sets. That is the empathy side. That is you know, and and so that's why it's bad for companies when all these women yeah. left. Um, but it was really well, and funny. they haven't been helping men integrate any of those skills either. Yes, yeah, and and that I think is changing. That's the nice thing is yes. we're seeing that. Um, but but yeah, you know, you you talk about how women want to please, and I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine. On Sunday, and she said, you know, we were talking about getting overloaded, you know, volunteering too much. You know, somebody says, could you? And we raise our hand. We don't even ask. We don't even know what it is. We just raised our hand. And and, And she said, you know, that she, when she came to the realization that the word no is a complete sentence, that makes such a big difference, right? Because it's not. No, but no, and no, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with that, but that comes back into what you were saying, the manipulation. And so I want to talk about that because you have written this great book. It's called, and hold it up for those who are watching on the video, become immune to manipulation, how they are manipulating you and how to resist it. And it was fun when I was reading this book, it's a, it's a fairly quick read. Because part of it is I'm reading through it. I went, oh, I do that. Uh, and then, of course, I'm also thinking that's been done to me. Yes. So first, let's let's kind of start at the basic. What is manipulation? So manipulation is social and emotional warfare. Okay. It's how it's how we, um, you know, violence is physical coercion. I make you do it or I hit you. Right. You know? mm-hmm. Violence is, or sorry, uh, manipulation is. I'll make you do it or I'll make you feel bad for not doing it. I will punish you emotionally or I will exclude you socially Mm -hmm. because you didn't do what I want. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, you you know, human beings feel as much pain from physical violence as we do from being excluded socially. Mm -hmm. Number one cause of suicide is social alienation. Mm -hmm. And so it's a very effective weapon. It's, in modern times, it's probably more effective than violence. Mm-hmm. If someone hits you at work, you call the police. Right. Somebody hits you anywhere. Yeah. Hopefully you it's, call it's the police. Really cl- exactly. It's really clear. It's it's a very clear that they did something wrong. But if someone manipulates you, you usually walk away from that thinking, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
-hmm. Where did I screw up for them to treat me like that? Mm -hmm. And that's the whole point of the manipulation Mm -hmm. is not only do they get what they want, they make you think that you owe them more. So Mm -hmm. it's the creation of an artificial debt that they then want you to pay. Mm -hmm. And you see this when they're, you know, they want you to work overtime and Mm-hmm. Um, in some areas of this manipulation, because men are less desirous of pleasing, mm-hmm. you know, we're men are more tribal. So we're, a, mm-hmm. no, as long as my, for most men, as long as their wife appreciates them and their children love them, mm-hmm. everybody else can hate their guts and they don't mm-hmm. care. Right. They, right. Maybe they need one friend or two friends, mm-hmm. okay, but for women, social isolation, we're isolation, social critters. Mm-hmm. It's, it's torture mm-hmm. and women can be. Uh, very cruelly manipulated in this way. And so learning how to be immune to it, it's not a matter of no longer caring what other people think. It's a matter of balancing that with your ability to say that is manipulation. Now you mentioned that you saw it and you said, I do some of those things. We Mm -hmm. all do Mm -hmm. because we were raised on manipulation. Mm -hmm. We saw it in the news. We Mm -hmm. were probably manipulated by our parents to some Mm -hmm. extent. And I'm not, when I say that, I'm not saying your parents were evil. Right. Yeah. I mean, things like, you need to behave because Santa is watching, right? Exactly. You know, and and so they weren't doing saying something like that to be mean, but it was it was a way of getting you to go to bed, to eat your veggies, do whatever it was with you know the mythical Santa, rather than saying I'm going to be disappointed in you or whatever. It was a Santa, you know, and and, exactly. and you know, obviously religion to some degree does does some things like that, and and or just you know, grandma's not going to like you, or well, we, they probably yeah. don't say grandma's not going to like you because grandma always likes their grandkids, right? But um, but yeah, you know, you've you've got all of those in there. And so it's it's it, you're right. It's not that now there are the manipulators who are the narcissists who yeah. are you know so they they are doing it with a totally different perspective. But that's most, less than three percent of the right, population. Yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. very small. Most manipulators really aren't doing it to be malicious. No, they have legitimate needs that they want met. Mm-hmm. I want my kid to brush his teeth. I want him to eat healthy food. Mm-hmm. You know, I want him to go to bed at night. I don't mm-hmm. want to fight with him about it because mm-hmm. fighting is also bad for the relationship. Right. Arguing, mm-hmm. so and I'm going to so, tell him Santa's watching. <laughs> yeah, let me let me let me do this to the light, and that works. See, this is why manipulation keeps being used. Mm-hmm. We use it because it's easy, but we keep using it because it works. Right, mm-hmm. and it works until it doesn't, mm-hmm. and then the kids go. Okay, so this happens in the terrible twos. Mm-hmm. We manipulate them into doing things, and the terrible twos they can now speak. Mm-hmm roughly at that age they can speak mm-hmm. sort of right mm-hmm. and now they start going wait a minute i was tricked right yeah they figure and it out angry. It's like, oh. mm-hmm. they're angry about it they got fooled and they're angry about it mm-hmm. and they now have the words finally they have the words to say something about it mm-hmm. and they feel they have some physical control of themselves mm-hmm. to stomp their little feet mm-hmm. and not cooperate right they do that again in their teen years because there's another burst of awareness about mm-hmm. life when you hit puberty mm-hmm. and so you now have another awareness about life and when your kids are rebelling they're often not rebelling really against the values that you taught them. Mm-hmm. They're rebelling against the way you taught them. Right. Mm-hmm. They they feel if you didn't tell me the truth on A, B, and C, mm-hmm. and you manipulated me, maybe on maybe that means that the thing you tried to manipulate me to do isn't good for me. Mm-hmm. And they get confused. They're trust right. breaking. And then out. sometimes they're like, ooh, if it's not good for me, maybe I really want it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, and, 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 and sometimes they rebel by going even deeper, but almost taking your ideas to an extreme. Mm-hmm. But what happens, and this happens um, between husbands and wives as well. Mm-hmm. You know, we um, maybe, maybe manipulate, we have a legitimate need wife legitimately. I, she needs help mm-hmm. too much stuff piling up at mm-hmm. home. She needs some help with it. Right. And so she will manipulate her husband using, um, using her affection because mm-hmm. Husbands, most husbands deeply want to please their wife right. as well. Mm-hmm. We don't care about pleasing almost anybody else. Mm-hmm. That's about the only, our wife mm-hmm. and our kids. It's about the only mm-hmm. people we care about. And so she she will use that. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that will work at first until he starts to feel used. Mm-hmm. And then it backfires and then he'll figure out what she wants and do the opposite. Mm-hmm. And so what I teach, uh, teach you to do, and, you know, we can say so-and-so is manipulating me. And mm-hmm. until they stop, we can't have a relationship. Right. If you did that. You would have no relationships with anyone because mm-hmm. almost everyone is using a little mm-hmm. bit of manipulation. Right. Yeah. And also it puts you in a position with no power because you're mm-hmm. waiting for other people to change their behavior. Mm-hmm. So what I said is, how can I affect other people 
in a positive way. Mm -hmm. So what I decided is what worked for me and what worked for many of my clients was to set boundaries, Mm -hmm. was to be able to identify manipulation and with empathy point out, you know, when you, when you do that, that hurts me. Mm -hmm. And that breaks the trust that I have between Mm -hmm. us that we're on the same side. Mm -hmm. But this is how you can get what you need from Mm -hmm. If you, if you come to me honestly and tell me what you need, Mm -hmm. then I can help you to find to right. to accomplish that, right. and and then it switches to persuasion. Exactly, it switches to persuasion, and persuasion is where we create a win win situation. Mm-hmm. So manipulation is win lose. Mm-hmm. Somebody wins, somebody lose. Honestly, most of the time it's lose lose. Right. Mm-hmm. It starts off as win lose, and mm-hmm. and then it becomes lose lose over mm-hmm. time because the relationship falls apart. Mm-hmm. Now, if that relationship is based on persuasion, where I deeply care about the other person and I want to know what it is they need, Mm -hmm. and I figure out a way that I can fulfill their needs Mm -hmm. and my needs, Mm -hmm. so we're both going to be happy, what we've done then is we've created both a trusting relationship Mm -hmm. and one that is reciprocal. So over the long term, I'm going to want to keep interacting with you Mm -hmm. because every time I interact with you, I get my needs met. Mm -hmm. And that makes that that keeps me satisfied, right. and therefore I'm going to come back to you because it's safe to come back to you. Mm-hmm. And this is this is how we create lasting personal relationships, mm-hmm. but it's also how we create lasting business relationships. Mm-hmm. Right is is by having that empathy for people. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we'll often negotiations are terrible for manipulation, and every single book on negotiation is a book on how to manipulate the person mm-hmm. you're right. You're how to get your way. Yeah. And it's always me versus you negotiation. Mm-hmm. Right. We're we're on opposite sides. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's true if you're negotiating with a kidnapper right. who's yeah. taken a family. But trade. even at that, that's, I mean, you yeah. know, the, the, the kidnapper might not want to die or, you know. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Mm-hmm. We still have to figure out what is they want. And sometimes they don't care about that even. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the thing they want is simply that their cause is acknowledged. Right. Mm-hmm. Whatever it happens to be. Mm-hmm. But we we have to... We it all starts with two things: empathy first for ourselves mm-hmm. to say I don't deserve to be manipulated. I don't deserve these right. lose lose situations. Yeah, we can only be manipulated if we allow ourselves to be manipulated. Exactly. <laughs> I I don't deserve this. I won't allow it to happen to me. Mm-hmm. I won't set that example for my children or for mm-hmm. my colleagues that that I allow this. Mm-hmm. And it's up to me to protect myself from manipulation because no one else can do it because I'm the only one that can allow it. That means I'm also the only one that can stop it. Right. And so I'm going to, I'm going to take control of that in my life and I'm Mm going to no longer allow people to manipulate me. Mm -hmm. Now, of course you need to understand exactly what manipulation is in detail. And I have um, the tactics that are used so Mm -hmm. that you can, Oh, you're using gossip. Oh, mm-hmm. you're using social right. Yeah, you've, you've got an, there's an acronym, G-S-R-R-M. See, I pay exactly. attention. <laughs> Very good. No, it, no that's, that's great. And mm-hmm. it's kind of a funny, uh, we, we tried to find an acronym that you could, you know, yeah, it sounded gr- right. Gershwin doesn't, doesn't flow off your yeah. tongue. But, mm-hmm. but there's, there's actually, there's, there's more than that, but the main ones are like gossiping and ridiculing. Mm-hmm. Um, then one of the others that's very common is undermining. Mm-hmm. Where you simply make people feel that they're incompetent in making their own decisions to the point where they give you decision-making power because obviously I don't know anything, so right. you, you should take mm-hmm. charge. And we see this in business. We see this, um, you know, when you're negotiating with someone, if you do win the, neg- win the mm-hmm. negotiation with manipulation, mm-hmm. what happens immediately after that is they walk away from the table. They feel bad about losing. Mm-hmm. They feel bad about being manipulated, mm-hmm. even if they, they can't. They get very resentful. And then they undermine the agreement. Mm -hmm. And this is if you're having a problem with clients who undermine your agreements, Mm -hmm. who agree to a certain terms and then start to try to back out of them almost immediately. Mm -hmm. It's because you've been unintentionally allowing manipulation Mm -hmm. to be part of Mm -hmm. the process. Mm -hmm. This doesn't mean that you manipulated them. Even allowing them to manipulate you Mm -hmm. can, can have that outcome. Right. Yeah. Because we feel bad that or we're annoyed or we're angry or whatever that we allowed that to happen. Exactly. And Mm so, and and it's unfair and human beings do not like unfair. Mm -hmm. Yes. Life isn't fair, Mm -hmm. but we can treat each other fairly. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and, and also you, you, when you're manipulated, you don't really have agreement. You have the illusion of agreement. Mm -hmm. So there's nothing substantial to build that relationship on in the long term. And so switching over to persuasion where you use empathy and it takes a little time Mm -hmm. upfront persuasion up front the, the quickest way to get agreement is violence 
You yeah. Know? Oh yeah. You car will ro- do it. Car robberies else. are quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Car robberies are quick. Mm-hmm. Okay. Manipulation takes more time. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it's safer. Mm-hmm. But persuasion takes even more time and effort mm-hmm. and some skills up front. Mm-hmm. But long term, it's the lowest maintenance. It's the lowest. Um, it has the highest return on investment, and it's mm-hmm. the lowest maintenance type of agreement you right. can have mm-hmm. in relationship. And so when we base our relationships on persuasion, whether that be with our family or people we work mm-hmm. with or our clients and, and, and suppliers, mm-hmm. what we do is we create this system where we all start to care about each other because mm-hmm. it's so valuable to do business with that person. It's so valuable to have that employee or employer that we will put the effort in to work out disagreements versus the first sign of disagreement, we're going to, we're going to break. We're going to, we're going to get a business divorce. The first time I don't agree, I quit. Mm -hmm. And, you know, many companies, they have this problems with turnover in the last couple of years, partly due to COVID, but some of this turnover started before that started about three or four years before. And I know someone that runs a fast food uh, chain. And they said to me that they're having every six months, almost all of their hires are gone and they're having to get new ones. Wow. Takes three months to train them. Mm-hmm. So you, they so they get three months worth of work out of them. Actually, they don't exactly. even get three months because it somewhere in there they're thinking, "I don't want to be here." Exactly, because they check out before they quit. Mm-hmm. And and the primary reason for high turnover in every company, the, there, there are the primary reason for your average employee turnover is because they're not getting along with their colleagues. Mm-hmm. And this is often due to the fact that you either have a harsh manipulative environment in the company mm-hmm. or because the individual themselves is not trained to how to deal with problems. They don't know how to deal with conflict within mm-hmm. the company. So either they resort to manipulation mm-hmm. and then there's a, a fight, a, a fight, a, a disagreements ensue that can't be resolved. Mm-hmm. And so they quit to resolve them. Right. Or um, they, they just, they just leave because it's uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. I don't and like this. I'm not going to be here. Yeah, it used to be. And you'll notice that the ratio of managers to employees in the 80s, suddenly they got rid of all middle management. So, yeah, mm-hmm. because people were pretty good at working together. Gen Xers are pretty good at working together, mm-hmm. you know, and, and we get along mm-hmm. and we work hard and we kind of shut up and do our job and mm-hmm. and and don't fight a lot, right. you know, even if we don't agree with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they could get rid of a lot of the managers. Mm-hmm. And now we're having this problem where it's contracting again, where you're having one manager to every like half dozen people Mm -hmm. because people can't get along and they need some sort of parent there, parental figure to teach them how to get along, but they're adults. Right. So I'm encouraging companies to use the information that's in here to help their employees understand Mm -hmm. how to resolve their differences with their colleagues through persuasion Mm -hmm. instead of through manipulation. Yeah. And we're actually developing training for that that companies can apply mm-hmm. in their in their business. Mm-hmm. And we think this will make a big difference in your turnover rates. Right. Yeah, because of course one of the biggest manipulation things is and I, I said it before, you are replaceable. Yeah. You know, and yeah. and and yeah, I mean pretty much anybody is replaceable. I, you know, now unless you are very specialized, you know, say you are a neurosurgeon, okay, it's probably going to be a little bit harder to replace that person. But you're still not the only one in the world, um, you know, and and all sorts of things like that. And and so, you know, but and and it is, I think, a lot of times we are given that impression of, you know, what you don't like it, leave. I can I can easily find somebody to replace you. And what we've seen is they can't. For whatever yes. reason. I mean, you know, it's it's very bizarre here in the States where you see so many places that just can't hire people, even at pretty good rates. I mean, you know, if you can go to work at McDonald's for $16, $17 an hour, holy schmoly. Um, you know, but but yeah, it's it's and and I think part of it too is is back to the employees. They know I don't have to be there. Um, you know, and and I don't think, you know, I yes, there was the the you know, at the start of the pandemic where people were in essence paid to stay home. I think that's pretty much gone away. Um, you know, there are yeah, still and- people like that, but they were always like that, right? You know, there's yes. and and so, but I think what and and we alluded to this before, people are really realizing they want to work where they feel valued, where they feel respected. You know, and yes. you are going to have some manipulation. I mean, you yeah. know, even if it's just our hours are X to X, I mean, you know, but, but that's not to say, okay, if you're working with a customer 
and they need an extra 10 minutes, it's okay to give them that extra 10 minutes, um, you know, and, and, and allow them to be empowered to say, you know what, I'm going to stay on the phone with this person for that little extra time and not say, we're sorry, it's closing time, click. Um, you know, and, and so people are really realizing that they want those things. And it's, it, it's funny because a lot of people, you know, you mentioned Gen X and I'm a baby boomer and, and a lot of times it's like, ooh, millennials, ooh, ah. they want all this freedom. They want this, they want that. Well, hello, we raised them to be that way. <laughs> um, and, and again, there's nothing, uh, we somehow have it in our mind that that's bad, that's wrong. And it's not, you know, we, we should want our children to feel valued, respected, all of those other things. And, you know, and, and other people's children too. I mean, you know, and, and um, we should want everybody to, to be like that instead of no, no, here's the rules. Yeah, we, we can get great productivity out of every generation if we understand how to work with them. Right. Uh-huh. And it doesn't matter what generation, because you have to create a company culture that works across mm-hmm. cross generationally, right. uh-huh. because it doesn't matter what company you have, you, you will have a little bit of everything. Uh-huh. And in fact, it's more stable to have a variety right. of generations. Yeah, because, because there's so much knowledge that is there exactly. with all of those, those multi-generations. Exactly. Otherwise, you end up trying to reinvent the wheel over and over again with something that someone who has already been through it could just say, yeah, well, this works. Try yeah. this. But the problem is, is that um, in order to do that, in order to create that company culture, very often that's just left up to random evolution. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of evolves, your company culture just kind of evolves the way it does. Mm -hmm. The problem with it evolving by evolution is that humans have a very short-term view on what works. Mm -hmm. And manipulation works in the short term. So we start to resort to it. Mm -hmm. And we have a hard time connecting that the thing we did that worked is causing problems six months down the road. Mm-hmm. We're just not very good at making that calculation. Right. And because we're not good at making the calculation, we don't self-correct well enough. Mm-hmm. And you also have a cases where, you know, this is why your higher skilled employees, you know, your supercomputer programmer that's really at the top end, you know, mm-hmm. the top 0.1% in his profession, why they leave is those individuals tend to be what we call a systematizer. So their brain works in very much in a systems Mm -hmm. orderly way. And most of them are emotionally allergic to manipulation. Mm -hmm. The highest productivity employees, they're generally emotionally allergic Mm -hmm. to manipulation. It bothers them in a visceral way where they will physically get ill Mm -hmm. if they're attacked with manipulation Mm -hmm. repeatedly. And you need to create, and those people often are producing you know, most of the innovation that your company has is produced by that one or 2% of right. your employees. Mm-hmm. They're at the top and the other employees, they help make that innovation. Mm-hmm. They, they provide a base that allows those right. people to do innovation mm-hmm. from. You can't keep those people if you don't do two things. One, they have to know they're going to be protected from internal attack. They're usually okay with external attack because mm-hmm. they're usually competitive and then mm-hmm. that's part of competition. And the other thing is they need to know that they have a place to go, that there's an upward trajectory for them. Mm-hmm. And so that's usually the work of the CEO is to make sure that the very top talent is well taken care of. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's really been focused on is, you know, the career path for them. Mm-hmm. And the thing that's been often ignored is the fact that they hate the internal manipulation. They hate mm-hmm. the the games that sometimes right. are played by HR. Mm-hmm. They hate the, you know, you, you usually you have some people in the company that are there because they're good at playing politics. Mm-hmm. And they're not offering a particular amount of value. Right. You need to keep them. And those people did power. not like the pandemic when everybody was scattered everywhere. <laughs> I have nobody to manipulate anymore. Yeah. yeah, those micromanagers. Can you imagine? There's nobody under their thumb anymore. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and that and that for for those people, um, you know, pow- having power over other people is has been uh, studied on the, the effects it has on the brain, mm-hmm. and it's as addictive as opium. Right. Mm-hmm. It's as addictive as an opioid. It's incredibly addictive to have mm-hmm. power over other people. And for some for some people, myself, I don't want power over people. When I have clients, my I tell them right off the bat, my goal is that you won't need my help for this problem anymore by the time we're done whatever yes. package we have of coaching. Mm-hmm. You may want to come back for another problem, right. but I don't want I, I, this isn't like mm-hmm. you're going to be coming here for the next three years. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm shooing you out the door. Just yeah. know that. Mm-hmm. And I come to it from it from a fatherly perspective. Right. So the mm-hmm. ideal father wants to raise his children mm-hmm. to be independent and right. self-sufficient. Mm-hmm. In fact, I would like to raise my children with a platform that allows them to excel beyond me. Mm-hmm. 
And this is how a good manager should be thinking. Because mm-hmm. most of us, if we're a manager, we're a manager at a certain level. Mm-hmm. We're not all capable of being a highest level in a right. big corporate For whatever manager. reason. Mm-hmm. Some of us don't want to make the horrible hour sacrifice. Yeah. A lot oh, of yeah. Mm-hmm. And a lot of responsibility. And you mm-hmm. screw up. You might go to jail because... Mm-hmm. Most big corporations are breaking an awful lot of laws. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you you don't get to do what you liked anymore because you're having to do the paperwork, the hiring, the, all of those things. Yeah. You're, you're married and you're married to the company. It's now, it's now your second spouse basically. Mm -hmm. And so many people don't want to make that sacrifice, but what, for whatever reason, so we're where we are, our job should be to help those that can excel, grow up past Mm -hmm. us if possible. Right. But that's hard to do if we're concerned that we're going to help someone and they're going to replace us. Mm -hmm. And so that's a legitimate concern that a lot of people have, a lot of managers have. Mm -hmm. And if they don't have a good answer to that question from the company they work for, Mm -hmm. they will undermine the the top performers because Mm -hmm. they don't want to be replaced. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that at companies where I'm almost always a consultant. Mm -hmm. I I just don't like to work as an employee usually. Mm But I've seen it as a consultant because I brought in ideas Mm -hmm. which will make someone obsolete. And my first thought is I'll say to the other consultants, if there's others in the the project, is that we need to find a home for that guy in the company. Mm -hmm. Productive, but Mm -hmm. we're about to replace him with Mm -hmm. 10 lines of software Mm -hmm. code and we need to Mm -hmm. put him somewhere else. We need to recommend that part of the project is he gets put somewhere else or Mm -hmm. he gets a new part on this project. Mm -hmm. If not, he's going to undermine the whole thing because Mm -hmm. he's scared. Right. That's why so many people are are uh, saying they don't want automation. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, hello. We started having having that a hundred years ago. You know, when when we started having when you know Ford invented the assembly line and and all of those things. But yeah, when you find another way for them to to give back to the company, that's the best way to do it. Or they might say, okay, I'm going to go do something else, but let it be their choice. Yes. I've even, you know, anyone that I've ever had to fire, I have run companies with up to about 50, 60 employees. Mm -hmm. And that's what I feel comfortable at. I think getting close to a hundred, I'd probably sell the company, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but that's just how I, that's just how I am. And whenever I had to fire someone, unless it was because no one should employ that person, which Mm -hmm. I wouldn't hire someone like that in the first place. I was Mm -hmm. careful. If I had to fire someone because we had less work or the thing Mm -hmm. that they were doing this no longer needed, I always, before I talked to them, I found them two or three potential jobs mm-hmm. with friends companies. And I said, we can't have you anymore. Go mm-hmm. apply to these companies. Tell them I sent you. Mm-hmm. You'll get in at one of them. Mm-hmm. The reason is, is because if someone leaves your company, they can still sabotage you when they're gone. Right. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and burning unless those you're willing to grab them with security. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless you're willing to grab them up with security and bundle them out the door when mm-hmm. you tell them you're fired, right. they could cause a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. And you minimize that by taking care of them. And it's, do you have to do that? No. Should mm-hmm. you do it? Yes. It's the better business practice. Mm-hmm. Right. It's yeah. the it's the more humane thing mm-hmm. to do. Mm-hmm. Every time you make an enemy, that's someone that somewhere down the line is going to work for a company that's, your, that's a future supplier, future client. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Somewhere a small world. Line. It really it's is a small, small world. world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Especially when it comes to decision makers, not a lot of decision makers. Mm-hmm. And they cycle through. So the person that you just ruined mm-hmm. to get your way through manipulation mm-hmm. is going to come back at some point and have a, a decision mm-hmm. to make whether you make money or not, and they can hurt you. Mm-hmm. I've benefited the other way where people said, let's do business with Noah because everybody that does business with Noah likes it and makes mm-hmm. money. It right. always works out well. Mm-hmm. And, and and if it goes bad, it goes bad for me, not for them. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, yeah. and because I, I ensure that I make sure that if I do business with you, mm-hmm. that you are happy with what you right. get. Mm-hmm. And so I've had the other way where people that get that I've had to let go or mm-hmm. that I've hired, maybe the business was sold or closed or whatever, mm-hmm. they go on to some other places and then they call me back and say, mm-hmm. Hey, we'd like to do business with yep. you. Oh yeah. And yeah. It's very, very powerful. There, there mm-hmm. are salesmen that get hired simply because they've had a history mm-hmm. of good relationships with companies they've mm-hmm. dealt with in the past, which means they have an in to sell the product in those companies. Right. Yeah. You know, and, and yeah, we should not burn those bridges. You know, that's it, whether we're leaving by choice or not by choice, um, yeah. you know, and, and so it's, it's one of those things that, yeah, it's, it tell what goes around comes around, you know, it yes. ultimately is that. You know, but the the hard thing for companies is when they know there's manipulation going on 
and and they're thinking we need to get rid of it. And of course, one of the the the, the biggest things has been the Me Too movement, you know, and and obviously a lot of what happened there. And and you know, I I don't think there is any woman that can say that in some way she didn't feel something, um, you know, th through this, you know, whether it was horrible and awful or even just something as you know as as little as you know, comments about, you know, oh, she's late because of her kids or, you know, we you know anything like that. And, and so companies, you know, we need to, to fix that. But then it was difficult because it swung too far the other way. Um, when we started hearing about businessmen who no longer would take their female employees with them on business trips, because there might be the appearance of a problem. Um, you know, and, and so that's where it gets really tricky is when you're trying to right those wrongs and, and fix, you know, fix those things. And, and, but, but yeah, I mean, it was, it, well, cause there, there was some manipulation involved oh, yeah. in there, which ruined mm -hmm. the men's trust of mm -hmm. women in general. Yeah. yeah because now, I guarantee you that never came up. If that was a woman he trusted, if he'd worked with a woman for right. three or four yeah. years, yeah, he and would he know, trusted her. Yeah. We can we can travel and it is just fine. There, you know, nobody is going to question it, or nobody that matters is going to question well, anything. And and Me Too has mostly been applied to um, women being harassed by men. Mm -hmm. um, but it happens the other harassed, way around too. Mm -hmm. I, well, no, I've been I've been harassed uh, by mm -hmm. gay men that I worked with, right? Mm -hmm. And to the point where it you know almost got into a fight because mm -hmm. they push it too far. And this is you know, and and it was interesting because that experience made me go. I'm a pretty strong guy and I, mm -hmm. you know, grew up scrapping as a kid. And mm -hmm. so um, I can take care of myself. Mm -hmm. And I thought this, this was disturbing for me. Mm -hmm. A woman facing a man is a huge power disparity, physical right. power mm -hmm. disparity between mm -hmm. a man and a woman um, facing this kind of thing. This is, this has got to be pretty scary. Mm -hmm. And usually the things that lead up to a legitimate me too situation where mm -hmm. the woman's actually being mm -hmm. assaulted it doesn't start off with assault. It starts off with subtle manipulation over right. time. The, the little comments about you're coming uh, in late because of your kids and, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. not. Um, well, some, so, yeah, it's um, creating a false debt, making you mm -hmm. feel that you owe something. Right. Mm -hmm. Of course, if we go to work, we owe to show up and do our job. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the correct. That's the true debt. The false debt is, is that we owe other types of favors mm -hmm. or we, we owe right. some sort of emotional Mm -hmm. moral allegiance to the company. Mm -hmm. No, it's where we work. Okay. Mm -hmm. And it would be great if companies really treated their, mm -hmm. their uh, employees like family, but usually that's a, that is a manipulation tactic mm -hmm. in of itself most right. of the time. Mm -hmm. And so people, people are like, well, we have to get men to do better. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry that most men don't do that. And right. the few men oh, that yeah. do mm -hmm. the five depends mm -hmm. what country you're in or what part of the world you're in the five to 10% of men mm -hmm. who do that. Um, most men would like to punch them in the face, but we mm -hmm. can't do that because violence isn't acceptable in modern mm -hmm. society. But those men can't be trained not to be predators. They're predators. Mm -hmm. they, right. Words aren't mm -hmm. going to stop them. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing you can do is help women identify mm -hmm. and avoid those men in the first right. place, or identify and, yeah. and deal with them mm -hmm. through the whatever process their right. company has. Yeah. And the earlier you can identify that mm -hmm. before it gets bad, mm -hmm the more safe you're going to be from it. Right. Yeah. And, and that's where women need to feel, I can say something, you know, and, and, and that really is part of the, you know, the, the me too thing, but, you know, short of something at, like violence, like physical assault, you know, we do see things coming, you know, people are snipping and making those things. And that's where we need to say, no, -uh, no, that is not acceptable. Yeah. And, you know, and that's hard. I mean, you know, it, it is very hard because, we don't want to lose our jobs. We don't want to lose our friends, you know, all of those things. But, you know, you, you've used the word several times, boundaries. You know, we we have to set them and say, this, I'm not going to accept this. Um, you know, I had a boss one time years ago who he was a large man. I mean, big dude, probably pushing 350. And, verb, you know, he was just a mean spirited man. And, and then in other ways, giving. I mean, he was one of these, you know, it, it, he was, he was. He was rough happy. around the edges. Yes, yes. And and he had, obviously, he had a lot of self-esteem issues, things like this. But he liked to swear at people. And I was his office manager. And I knew that he was going to swear. I mean, that was just. And so I, you know, I hadn't been there real long. And I said, you get to call me the B word once. 
The second time you do it, I own your company. Now I was like a young 20 year old now, you know, you know, and, and, and he did, he called me that word one time. And all I did was I held up a finger, you know, not the middle finger, my, my index finger. And I, and he said, what? I said, that was your one. And he never did it again. Um, You know, and, and, but I mean, I came out of his office shaking because it had been, you know, but, but, you know, it was, yeah, I I just told him, you're not going to do it. Um, You know, and, and, and obviously it's, it is difficult, you know, and and we don't want to undermine in any way somebody, you know, but, and, and I think part of it too, is we as women have got to watch that we're not doing that to other women, you know, because that gets really easy too, you know, to, and, and, you know, men do it, you know, everybody kind of, we like to make ourselves feel better by knocking somebody else down. Let's do it the other way around. Let's make ourselves feel better by raising somebody else up. I have seen this case, exactly this pattern play out uh, several times in corporations. And I've been, um, one of the people has been my client. So I've been Mm -hmm. helping them through the deal with it where a woman gets a promotion. Mm -hmm. Okay. For whatever reason, sometimes you just need to promote somebody and Mm -hmm. they're all relatively equal. And so the people are like, well, I'm I'm better than her. Everyone thinks they're better than everybody else. I'm better Mm -hmm. than her. She got her promotion. She must be sleeping with somebody. Yeah, and there's the only other women reason. that say this. We're not going to admit she's smarter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, nowadays, I'm starting to hear men say that, but generally it wasn't the men that said that mm-hmm. because if she was sleeping with someone, mm-hmm. some other man would know it in the company probably. Right. Mm-hmm. So they don't they normally men don't talk. make those. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the women know it's not true. Mm-hmm. They're doing it to undermine the other woman, to make her, so that you can't put her up because it's mm-hmm. going to look like impropriety. Well, then she actually gets harassed. Mm-hmm. And right, now because the assumption is, and now the assumption is mm-hmm. that she was trading sex for jobs mm-hmm. for, for a better job mm-hmm. and it didn't work out the way she thought. And now she's complaining. Mm-hmm. That's what it'll look like. Yep. And so by when, when people use uh, manipulation, it breaks mm-hmm. the entire trust system down. So that when, when women have legitimate complaints to make, mm-hmm. it's hard to know what the story is correct mm-hmm. because right. One woman says this, the other woman mm-hmm. is saying that, the, the, the person who's accused mm-hmm. is saying this, there's all this office gossip, who knows mm-hmm. what the truth is. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes it very difficult for us to make good decisions. This is why we need, not just for our own sake, mm-hmm. but for the sake of everyone around us, to end that in ourselves mm-hmm. and to end it when we see it. We may not right. be the target of the mm-hmm. gossip. Yeah. But we yeah. I mean, we more. can say, I'm not going to listen. Yeah. I'm not going to listen. Mm-hmm. That, that gossip is not good for us, not good for our company. It's not good for our reputation mm-hmm. and mark it down. If you mm-hmm. see someone gossiping, yep. they're probably gossiping about me too. Oh, I know. That's the thing. No, it's like, if they're saying that about them, what are they saying about me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what happens is you're not going to trust that person. Right. Mm-hmm. And so eventually if, if we were all more immune to manipulation, mm-hmm. then manipulators would become isolated in company. Mm-hmm. If they were un, if they were unrepentant, if they were truly malicious and eventually they'd leave. But what happens is we're so we're so susceptible to manipulation, the manipulators gain power and the honest people get mm-hmm. pushed out. Mm-hmm. And we can ret- we can reverse that tide. Mm-hmm. And the key to doing that for most people is going to be getting a book like this. Mm-hmm. This is the only one that I know of that teaches you exactly what manipulation is and mm-hmm. how to stop it. Right. And and how to stop it in your life. Mm-hmm. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you something. Life's a lot better when you can trust people because you know they can't manipulate you. Right. Right. All your relationships improve. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then we're just happier people. Yes. Well, oh my gosh, Noah. See, this is why I set a timer is because we could easily go on forever. And we just have to do this again because your information is so great. And I think we need to keep getting this message out there, um, you know, because it is only going to improve our personal and our business relationships, um, you know, and, and so I think this is great, but tell people how they find you and how they connect with you. And what are the services that you provide in addition to your wonderful book? Well, you can find me either on Twitter at Noah Ravoy, or you can find me on my website, Um, You can get my book on Amazon, just uh, type in either my name or the title of the book, and it'll show it up for you. I have a hard copy now. And uh, sorry, everyone, I haven't got the audio version ready yet. You I have had a good a- voice. You need to read it. Well, thank mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Well, I had almost a month where I had laryngitis oh, no. at the time that I had scheduled to do it. Of course. And now my kids are off school. So if I record for more than five minutes, you hear them mm-hmm. in the background. Mm-hmm. 
which is fun, but yeah, out of book probably. <laughs> yeah, for the book, for books, not ideal. So um, I'll be doing that in September, and um, we have it on digital as well, so that if you prefer to read it on your iPad or something yeah. like that, you can, and you can get in touch with me through my website. Okay, and you can book a consultation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, your a discovery call is free to book, where we can mm -hmm. talk about how we can work together mm -hmm. and how I can help you with your relationships. Uh, whether that be your marriage or your business relationships or your relationship with your children or family. I love it. I love it. Well, this really has been such a fun discussion. And as I said, we will have you on again. Do you have Thank any you. final thoughts for us? Yeah. You know, we have the opportunity to build wonderful, trusting, satisfying, loving relationships. And the, the changes we need to make are just a few, a few tweaks in how we deal with people and, and practicing those empathy muscles so that we understand what they really need. Um, it's, it's something that we, we don't need to put up with untrusting relationships and we can have what we really need. I love it. Such great words to end on. I am Deb Creer. I've been having a fascinating discussion with Noah Ravoy. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.